This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The Capitals and Boston tonight. Bruins radio voice Judd Surratt will join us. Richard Ponick placed on waivers. And could Henrik Lundqvist return? Apparently, it's not out of the question. Good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, April 8th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. And Ben, a jam-packed edition of the show because in addition to all of that, the New York Islanders last night making a trade with the New Jersey Devils, and apparently the arms race is on. Kyle Paul Mary and Travis Ajak now playing for the New York Islanders. We have a trade to announce. Yes, the New York Islanders bolstering their lineup and then some. I think there had been rumblings and associations made with Kyle Palmieri potentially going to the Islanders, helping fill the void with Anders Lee out for uh, long term in New York, but also to throw, not even throw, to include Travis Zajac in that deal. That's a big, big move from Lou Lamorello and the New York Islanders. They're all in. They mean business. And a couple of takeaways from that, John. Number one, we referenced the other day when we were talking about the Islanders, you highlighted their offensive output on home ice. I think there's a narrative with the New York Islanders that for as good as they are defensively, they lack some finish offensively. That team could score. That team really could score. They have a lot of lot of talent up front and now even more so with the additions of Palmieri and Travis Ajak. That's a team that will find a way to find the back of the net. It'll be a formidable foe offensively. I looked it up, John. You go back to February 22nd. It's about a month and a half ago now. Islanders rank fourth in goals per game. They rank first in goals against, but fourth in goals per game. So they could score and now even more so. And also of note there, we've been talking about the capital center depth and, and how formidable and strong they are one through four and maybe the desire to add some insurance. How about this for the New York Islanders center depth? Barzell, Brock Nelson, J.G. Pajot, K.Z. Sezikis, and now Travis Zajac, who can play center. That down the middle, that's a handful for any foe. And certainly if the Capitals are to come out of the East Division, most likely we'll have to go through the island, as Barry Trotz once said, and they're going to be a very, very difficult out now. Yeah, they are. I mean, listen, we were talking about since the injury to Anders Lee that this was a team that needed some help on that left side. Leo Komarov was not the answer, and we were saying that as recently as the game on Tuesday night. But Leo Komarov doesn't have to be anymore. Big move by the Islanders and more that we're going to be talking about in the coming days. So there's that going on. The Capitals and the Bruins coming up tonight at Capital One Arena, the first game back after a five-game road trip in which the Capitals won only twice – Two games in as many nights start tonight. The Caps right back on the plane when this one is over to head to Buffalo. Caps and Sabres coming up tomorrow night. We're going to have an in-depth look at the Bruins in a few minutes. Judd Surratt going to join us, the radio voice of the Bruins. But first, Ben, the big news in Capitals camp yesterday, Richard Ponick placed on waivers. Now, we're going to know at noon today if he clears. The expectation is that he will, and the move is going to free up just over a million bucks of salary cap room, which may be an early indication, Ben, and even more so now, given the fact that the Islanders have upped the ante with this deal that is done, that the Capitals with a little daylight to make some moves between now and Monday. A little. It's the first domino to fall, probably, or potentially for the Capitals. At least it puts them in a position where they could go out and put themselves in position to potentially 
acquire an asset. You still have to probably let something leave the organization, but at least a a little bit of wiggle room here, a million and change of salary cap space they create with this move, assuming that he clears and could go to the taxi squad, et cetera. So it's some flexibility is essentially the word. I saw Tarek Elbashir use that word as well in his column about it. That's what this is, John. It creates the opportunity to perhaps do a little bit more maneuvering here moving forward. First domino to fall, I would say. Bonnick, if he clears, would go to the team's taxi squad at noon today. Still be available if they wanted to bring him back up. Also seems to extend the leash a little bit for Jacob Vrana to stay in the lineup, at least until we know if the Caps are adding anything. So as if we needed more news on this day, as the trade deadline approaches, an interesting wrinkle has come up at the goalie position on this team. Frank Cervalli at TSN reporting on their show Insider Trading in Canada that Henrik Lundqvist has not been completely ruled out to play this season. Now, we'd heard that locally here, but have a listen to this from TSN's Insider Trading. Well, the Washington Capitals have been doing their due diligence on the goaltending market. No secret that they'd potentially like to add an experienced veteran piece. Well, what about one potentially already in-house? Yes, what a story it would be. Henrik Lundqvist has very quietly continued to skate. He is intent on resuming his career after undergoing open-heart surgery so long as his health allows. He's awaiting word from doctors this week, a critical appointment that will determine his near-term and long-term future. And the Washington Capitals, while everything would have to go right, aren't ruling out a return for Henrik Lundqvist this season. Wouldn't that be something? Again, the sense is here, Ben, that this is a long shot, but it's not impossible. Just waiting to hear about a doctor's appointment this week. Maybe more importantly, Ben, the Caps will likely know one way or the other before the deadline if this is at all a realistic possibility. And oh, by the way, Vitek Vanacek, awfully good on Tuesday. Ilya Samsonov playing well. I say what I said here on the show yesterday, even without knowing all of this. I don't think they're requiring a goaltender at the deadline. Yeah, and again, I still think it, it, it'll be tough to acquire a goaltender at the deadline. A number of other teams may be looking to do the same. It, it creates competition, cer- certainly. And regarding Henrik Lundqvist, uh, I agree with you. It, it feels like a, a long shot. It would be a terrific story, a great story if he's able to come back. I'll echo what Brian McClellan said at the beginning of March when he met with us over Zoom, saying it's not out of the question but it feels unlikely. That being said, it's been encouraging since late February when he first got back on the ice, the the videos that are being pumped out, and it certainly looks like he's doing his part to at least put himself in position to potentially make a return if he gets the clearance, if he gets the medical clearance, if he gets the opportunity health-wise to have that opportunity. He's at least putting in the legwork now to potentially make that possible. And and he shared a lot of those thoughts, uh, an extended three-part series on NHL Network sit-down interview with his former teammate in Kevin Weeks. Sounds like mentally he's in the right place, Henrik Lundqvist. It's just a matter of physically... And this is a heart issue. This is, this is serious stuff. This isn't a hockey injury. If, if he can, can, in fact, physically make it happen, but at least mentally, it really sounds like he's in the right frame of mind to at least try to, to, to realize that. Let's see where things are going here in the next couple of days regarding Henrik Lundqvist. Well, of course, with the Bruins in town tonight, why not go to the source to find out the latest on the bees? Radio voice Judd Surratt joining us here on Caps this morning. Good morning, Judd, and uh, quite a night for uh, Patrice Bergeron on Tuesday. Great call by you, as we heard here yesterday on the hat trick. Big win for the Bruins to hold off the Flyers, especially when you take into account all the injuries that have added up over the last few weeks. No McAvoy, no Carlo. How are the Bees holding it together right now? 
Well, that's a good question. And great to be with you, Johnny. Talking this morning, as big a story as Bergeron was, I think Jeremy Swayman superseded it. So here was a guy who had his development in the Bruins. That's where, where they're deepest as far as their prospects is in goal. But I don't think anybody expected that he would have to make his National Hockey League debut in his first season as a pro. He stopped 40 of 42. He was inundated with shots in the second period. It was a hailstorm of pucks coming his way. The Flyers had 25 shots in the second period, and still somehow the Bruins were able to keep it at a 2-2 tie and set the stage for the third period where guys like Marchand and Bergeron kicked it into gear. But the Bruins, they're having to find a way, and that's really been the story for this team here for the better part of a month and a half, missing your top two goaltenders, but they've only had Tuka Rask for one game basically for the last month. Charlie McAvoy was a surprise to all of us. After talking with the head coach just before the game, he did not mention that McAvoy was going to be out of the lineup. He took a hit the night before from Scott Lawton against the Philadelphia Flyers. So just add him to the list of the number of key players that the Bruins have been missing, especially on the back end. But hey, nobody feels sorry for you. Everybody's got to go through it. And the Bruins have tried to find ways to scratch and claw to see if they can lock down a playoff spot in the East. I admit I did not have a depth chart on the Bruins that went as deep as Jeremy Swayman, who is essentially the fourth goaltender on the list at this point. So Tuka Rask hurt, uh, Yara Halak on a COVID list. What's the latest on them, and what two goalies might we see dressed in Washington tonight? Well, that's a really good question. My guess is that Dan Vladar will get the start. So he was the number three goalie. And again, the Bruins, when you talk about those two prospects in that Dan Vladar last year, Tied with Igor Shesterkin, the star number one goaltender of the New York Rangers for the top goals against average in the American Hockey League. He's been pressed into service, and he's been very good here early on. And my guess is that he's going to get the start against the Capitals. That would put Jeremy Swayman on course to meet the Flyers again. The Bruins, listen, everybody's going through a busy schedule, but for the Bruins, this is as busy as it gets. Five games in seven days. But Vladar and Swayman, at least at this point, have been able to answer the call. As far as Rasky is on the trip, he is getting some work in. No timetable yet. He hasn't practiced with the full group. Yaroslav Halak, he's still on the COVID list. So it's anybody's guess when he gets off that list and gets back into action for the Bruins. But you mentioned the amount of goaltenders they've had to use. They've also had to dip down. They've used 12 different defensemen this year to try and pick up points. That's a lot of D-men, no question, and big pieces when you're missing guys like McAvoy and Carlo. Judd, I want to talk a little bit about the forwards. We've gotten used to seeing the Bruins with that formidable top line the last couple of years, Bergeron, Marchand with Pasternak. A couple of games back, Bruce Cassidy split them up, elevating Craig Smith to that number one line. The reason for the change, and how's it going with them apart in the top six? Well, Johnny, Bruce Cassidy probably for the last four years, has toyed with the idea of playing Pasternak with Krejci. But the difference is this year, he's actually stuck with it. And we actually had a conversation about it the other day, and he said that it's twofold. One, the Bruins would like to be able to spread out their scoring, so they're a little bit more dangerous. Their issue over the past couple of years has been able to generate five-on-five offense and have multiple threats beyond what's going on in that top line. So, The difference this year is that David Krejci has found some chemistry with Nick Ritchie. So that's made the switch a little bit easier. Craig Smith's a newcomer. He signed and came in as a free agent coming over from the Nashville Predators. And he's been able to complement the top line with Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand the way other guys haven't necessarily been able to do. So I think for the time being, Bruce Cassidy is sticking with it and he is getting results. 
Games in hand, the Bruins had plenty of COVID protocol trouble earlier this season. And so when a casual fan looks at the standings at, oh, here come the Flyers, maybe not the Flyers at this point, they've been fading, but the Rangers certainly hard charging as well and say, oh, the Bruins might get caught. But it's not quite what it appears. The Bruins haven't played the same number of games. And as long as Boston wins those games in hand, the Bruins are going to be a playoff team. Well, you know, it's not just that the Bruins had games canceled. They had other teams around them that also had games canceled. New Jersey had games canceled against them. When the Sabres had their outbreak, the Bruins and Sabres had some games canceled. The Bruins have only played the Sabres six times all season. If you looked at their schedule in the last half, so 28 games, seven of them are scheduled to be played against the Buffalo Sabres. Now, they've chewed up a couple of those games, but the Bruins have plenty of games left with their division rival from Western New York. But but again, you can have as many games in hand as you want, but you have to be able to win those games for them to have any meaning. Well, Judd, we appreciate you getting up this morning and chatting with us here on Caps this morning and Caps and Bees tonight. Uh, look forward to hearing more of your calls down the road. We always enjoy playing them here on the show, so uh, keep them coming, man. Thanks, Johnny. Great to be with you. All right, so there you go. The latest on the Bruins, Ben, from Judd Surratt. I guess we're going to see Dan Vladar in this one tonight. But the Bruins, yeah, they're pretty beat up into this one tonight. They have been fighting it all season health-wise, whether injuries or the COVID issues they've dealt with. And my antenna went up in listening to Judd reference 12 defensemen that they've dressed this year. And you compare that, contrast that, to what the Capitals have had going 27, approaching 28 consecutive games with the same top six, just the rinse-repeat nature of the Capitals' blue line. Uh, That's that's very difficult. And and even for them to be in fourth place, as veteran-laden of a team as they are, uh, to have battled through all they have this year and to still be in a playoff position says something about the the core and the, the group that they have there in Boston and even going down three four on the goaltending depth chart just a very fluid situation a very fluid lineup I would hate to think what they could be like come postseason time if they get in and finally they get their optimal lineup or something close to it uh, back together assuming they can in fact get some of that score secondary scoring uh, you and Jed alluded to as well potential postseason matchup caps Bruins tonight no one played in the Mass Mutual East last night all eight teams are in action tonight let's start with the Flyers as desperate as they've been all season five points out of a playoff spot travel to the toughest place to win in the division tonight yeah they're on Long Island Flyers Islanders set to go at seven Philadelphia 42 shots on goal Tuesday and a loss to the Bruins, but only four shots in the third period against a goalie making his NHL debut. Jeremy Swayman, 40 saves to earn the win. The Flyers can't beat him. And on the other side of this, Ben, they're going to have the Bruins again on the weekend. I really get the feeling if the Flyers lose two more games, I think they're done. I don't think they're coming back from this. Yeah, especially again if they miss out on another opportunity against Boston. And regarding their matchup tonight on Long Island, uh, the reports coming out last night were that Palmieri, who hasn't played in a few days, he was sitting as a healthy scratch, and Travis Zajac, they're both expected to be good to go and in the lineup and have to figure there'll be a whole lot of amped up energy on that New York Islanders side as well. So tough, tough challenge and tough itinerary coming up for Philadelphia as they look to keep those slim chances alive. Penguins Rangers, the second of a two game set at MSG after the blue shirts pounded Pittsburgh on Tuesday, eight to four, the rematch set for tonight at seven o'clock Pittsburgh has allowed seven or more goals in two straight games entering play tonight, Ben, the first time since 1994 that's happened wow. to them. 
And reading some of the comments from Ron Hextall uh, yesterday suggesting not going to overreact based on those two losses and the way they unfolded. That being said, Hextall, Brian Burke, that front office, they've been pretty conservative since they got there in early February in terms of moves. But a thought there and Hextall acknowledging they're looking for some size up front, some truculence, right? As, as we predicted with Brian Burke in the fold. But I don't think they're going to be quiet before Monday's trade deadline either. Looking for a big body, a power type forward, maybe somebody thinking ahead who they can, uh, you know, certainly have comparable or something close to a Tom Wilson. Because certainly we, we've, we've said this earlier in the season, John, when you look at the pens and caps among the big differences, big advantages on the capital side, they don't have anybody who can answer Tom Wilson, but sounds like they're in the market to at least look into uh, something along those lines. Only other game in the division tonight, seventh and eighth place teams going at it, Devils and Sabres, part two <laughs> in their series tonight. Standings on his Thursday morning, Capitals tied for first with the Islanders, both teams with 54 points. Pittsburgh is four back at 50, 17 games to go for the top three in the division. The Boston Bruins trying to get back into that top three, 46 points, four back of the Penguins for third. Philadelphia starting to lose touch. They need something good to happen tonight. Flyers, five points back at 41. Same with the Rangers, and New Jersey is at 32. Caps Bruins tonight at seven. Coverage begins at four with Caps game day. Ben, what do you have cooking tonight? Yeah, looking forward to this. All the talk about the Capitals potentially going with the young goaltenders on a potential deep postseason run. Not too many examples of that in league history. Cam Ward with the Carolina Hurricanes in 2006, among the exceptions, a rookie goalie who won the Conn Smythe and the Stanley Cup, happened to play for Peter Laviolette. We'll talk to one of his former teammates, veteran of more than 1,000 NHL games back in the day, Brett Hedekin, set to join us perspective on playing for Lavi, winning a cup with Peter Laviolette, and doing so with a kid goaltender. All right, that's starting at 4 o'clock on Caps Radio 24-7. Caps Bruins tonight at 7. A brief trip home. Caps in Buffalo tomorrow. Ben, have a great Thursday. Happy Thursday. Speak later, John. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.